Welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. Real people, real talk, real magic. Hello out there, lovely listeners, and welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. I'm your host, Jasmine, and joining me this week are two of my lovely co-hosts. I've got Jesse. Hey, everybody. And Jekinovia. Hi. So we are here to discuss new moons and how we celebrate new moons and what we think of following the moon in general. But before we dive into that, I wanted to just kind of go over a little bit of housekeeping because I'm fairly certain I forgot to even mention what the episode release schedule is going to be like for this show. So I thought I'd just touch on that quickly. Um, If you're listening to this episode on the day that it airs, it is a Saturday, February 22nd. But from here on out, episodes will come out every other Monday. So maybe you're wondering like, okay, so if this is coming out on Mondays, why are you starting on a Saturday? It's a good question. So today, February 22nd, uh, it's, it's kind of a personal thing. I just really love the number two. I don't know why. I can't really dive any deeper into that. I've just always loved that number. So of course, February is the second month. It's the 22nd day. That's already three twos. If you count the year, then you got five twos in there. I just thought it would be a fun day to release the first show. And it also happens to be uh, Pisces season, which for me is the time of year. Well, I guess I should say Pisces is the sign that rules the area of my chart that deals with uh, creativity. So things that I sort of birth into the world, right? And so I thought, you know, that makes it even better. What a lovely time of year to release a new show. And then before I looked at the calendar, I was even thinking, wouldn't it be cool if it happened to fall near a new moon? And it just so happens that tomorrow, February 23rd, is the Pisces new moon. And then a couple weeks after I decided that that was going to be the perfect day to release the show, I found out that it was going to be dead set in a Mercury retrograde, and I sent out a little frantic message to the group chat that I have with my lovely co-hosts, and I was like, oh my god, you guys, I've just realized that the start day for the podcast is in a Mercury retrograde, and then I explained to them everything I just explained to you about the number two, the Pisces stuff, and all three of you were basically like, no girl, it's fine, there's so much personal benefit here for you, you know, sit with it for a bit, see what your guides say, pull some cards. And then Jackanovia, you really came up with some beautiful insight as well, because you were like, you're not actually really starting the podcast that day though, right? Like by the time that episode comes out, we will have already done the introduction podcast. We will already have recorded this podcast. You know, it's, we're already past the planning stages. It's already in existence. So you're not technically starting anything. It's new for listeners, but you know, it's not, we've already started it on our end. And that really made me feel a lot more comfortable. So thank you again for saying that. It's a pleasure. And then I just, I thought about it some more and I was like, yeah, you know, as much as I want to respect the sort of planetary movements and I like to live in alignment with that kind of thing, I also can't just like wait around for Mercury to be perfect for me to do this kind of thing, right? You know, because I was thinking, 
well, if I'm not going to release it during a Mercury retrograde, I'm not going to release it during the shadow period. So that would have meant a, I think a late January release and none of us were ready for that. And, um, then if I was going to do it afterwards, it would have been sort of beginning or mid April. And I was like, oh, that's so far though. Like I just want to get this started. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with my gut on this one. I'm going to go with my girls. They're like, they, they're backing me up. And so it'll be a learning experience. I think the good thing is we've got some episodes recorded. I think we are in that way, respecting the Mercury retrograde thing where it's like, you know, if we hit some technical snafus, we're prepared, but yeah. So I don't know what, did anything come up for you guys while I was talking about that? Or do you have any like Mercury retrograde experiences to share? Well, I always enjoy the Mercury retrograde period just because I am just a little more aware of my communication speech and I love learning about Vedic astrology and it, you know, it's very similar to what Western astrology puts into play for those retrogrades, but, you know, yeah, dealing with the speech and communication intellect, but it's also about flexibility and humor, which I love. And this is a really great time to journal. So anytime a retrograde comes in, if the communication are pro- are having, I guess, if you're having issues with communication, it's a really great time to go inside and just mm-hmm. do that automatic writing or make a point to at least to get your communication in check. Maybe studying something new or just kind of having fun with it. I do have a funny story though. The last, uh, it was a Mercury retrograde in July. I had two trips uh, within a week or so of each other. It was during the retrograde. I had never before had any, anything that came to mind as far as like, oh yeah, it's a Mercury retrograde. Well, I kid you not. Two different trips, both flights canceled. And so after the second time that it happened within that period, I was like, I see why people don't travel during these <laughs> retrograde times. So yeah, I'm just a little bit more aware of that and making my travel plans uh, during retrogrades. But that was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. So a good learning experience then. I mean, nothing too, nothing too severe. No, but it was just because it happened both times so close to each other. And I right. was like, the only consistent thing in there is the retrograde. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Wow. What about you, Jackanovia? What do you think about Mercury retrogrades? Honestly, I do love it. I, I'm the kind of person I, I have, I struggle with rules. So I don't generally follow (laughs) everyone's fear about, you know, don't sign contracts in Mercury retrograde. Um, Also, it really works for me because it's a time to, you know, cross all your T's and dot all your I's and triple check everything. And you have to be really concise and think about what you're going to say, because otherwise it can be misinterpreted. So for me personally, I love it. So, but I, I do not make travel plans. I've learned in the past never to make travel plans through Mercury retrograde. That's so interesting that you've both experienced the travel side of things. I I myself yeah. have not experienced anything to do with travel. I mean, honestly, I haven't experienced anything huge around Mercury retrogrades, which is another reason that I feel kind of still pretty comfortable releasing this. I think the most that's ever happened is like my computer went a little bit haywire, but really I just ended up shutting down, taking like an hour to do something else. And then I went back and everything was fine. So 
I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just a time that we need to just pause. Just take your yeah. time because we're always in such a rush. So maybe Mercury is just forcing us to stop and slow down and listen and be mindful. Well, and that was the lesson from travel, right? I, of course, it was an inconvenience and, you know, it was extended the trip. I mean, it was literally like sitting on the tarmac for five hours. Then they turn back and say they've canceled the flight. And, you know, it was, I had just come back from an amazing conference up at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck. So I was super zen and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to enjoy this time. And I have another night here and that's what it is. Just make the best of it. And, you know, both times it was just a reminder of we have to just flow with it sometimes. We can't control everything and how adaptable can we be, flexible can we be? It's really to our benefit to sit in that moment and learn from it. I love that. So you just had to surrender. You had, you couldn't control it. You had to surrender. That's right. Yeah. It seems like that is the biggest lesson, right? Like how can we sort of, because at the end of the day, all we have really is our reaction to things, right? So How much can we go with the flow of it? How can we shift our perspective and yeah, just react in the best way possible, I guess. Absolutely. All right. Well, I guess that's as good a time as any to move into our main topic. Um, I guess I just wanted to start with what is a new moon? And I mean, basically it is just when the sun and the moon come to the same point in the sky. And so, of course, because the moon doesn't really have its own light, it's all a matter of how much the sun is shining onto it and then reflecting to us back on Earth. And so at a time of the new moon, there is no light being reflected back down. And so we're in this sort of period of a little bit of darkness. I don't know. I think sometimes you can see a little bit of a ring around the moon, but it kind of depends on where you live and the time of year and that kind of stuff. But it's a good time to turn inwards and, you know, a little bit, I guess, like a retrograde. It's time to pause and think and, and reflect a little bit. But it's also about thinking about the next cycle. So about the next 28 to 30 days and really starting to think about um, what do I want to manifest in this upcoming cycle? What seeds am I ready to plant? What am I ready to move forward with? And I think maybe most importantly, how do I want to feel for this next 30 days. And I think when we get a little bit deeper into intention setting, I think that's where the different li- difference lies because you know we can set goals and make goals, but I think that the difference between setting a goal, setting an intention is that an intention is more about how we really want to feel about things, you know? So yeah, I mean, what does, how did all that sound? Is there anything I missed about what an actual new moon is or how do you guys feel about new moons? You pretty much nailed it. It's just, it's a time to really turn inward because we're tired. That's the point when, you know, we don't have that vitality that we feel, you know, at the full moon. So it's, it's almost the counterpoint where it's time to rest, be quiet, don't speak, don't do a lot of strenuous, you know, spiritual work or physical work and just, just, yeah, exactly. Like you were saying, you just decide where you want to be, how you want to feel. And instead of actually starting to, to, take the steps towards that, you're actually just making the plans. You're setting the intention and deciding how you're going to get there. Yeah, totally. So that's pretty much it for me (laughs) for for that part. Yeah. What about you, Jesse? I love taking time to just be purposeful and reflective over, you know, what has happened. I think we rush so much in this day and age and it's a gift for us to have time to reflect. And when we plan it's 
it's stopping us at a point and saying, this is where I am now and where do I want to be or what can I change or make or just grow in some way. And I love, I love that with the new moon. It's really about opportunity to discover more about yourself. And for me, just taking that time, that intentional time to look back on the last 30 days or cycle, a couple of months, year, whatever, wherever you're at there, but also saying, okay, I have a chance to move forward in my life and who I am. It's a great point in time. I love being able to say, yes, I'm, I'm here on this day and I'm going to take action over the next, you know, cycle to be better. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's what really struck me when you were talking is like, it's about also just really being present. Like, yes, you're thinking about the past. You are thinking about the future as well, but there's something in what you were saying that was really like, oh yeah, you just, you're being in that moment. You're just coming back to right now. Well, and we're so connected to universal forces, cosmic forces. And even if you don't, it doesn't have to be anything more than that, but you're right. Just a moment to acknowledge what you've done and check in and see how you feel and what you want to accomplish next. I like the way you internalize that too. It's what can I change? What can I do? What do I need? I like that. You're empowering yourself. I love that. Yeah. And it's almost like just this beautiful cycle gives us that point in time to make those acknowledgements. So it's a, yeah, I love new moon. Yeah, you're right. It is, it is such a gift that, I mean, every month we get to come back to that point and just take advantage of that cycle in the sky. It's, it's really nice. Like I always want to call the moon cycle really forgiving because you always get another chance in 30 days, like just in case, <laughs> yes. you know? Yeah. Um, so I actually wanted to know this is more of a technical question for you guys, but because new moons are going to happen at all different times throughout the year, you know, sometimes we're going to have them. Uh, and what I mean by that is when it's exact. So when the sun and moon are at the exact same point at the exact same time, whatever, um, So sometimes they'll happen at, let's say, 3 in the morning. Sometimes they'll happen at 3 in the afternoon or 10 in the afternoon, stuff like that. When do you guys kind of plan to do your um, rituals or intention setting? Because I know for me, if it's happening, if it's exact at 3 a.m., I'm probably going to stay asleep and I'm either going to do all my stuff the day before or um, sometimes the day after, but I tend to do it as the energy is rising towards the new moon. But what about you guys? What do you think about that, Jesse? Ooh, I love that. I've, I've actually never planned it that way, but I'm going to start because I think that that is a powerful observation of capturing the energy. For me, it's usually within that 24 hour period. Right. So if I'm not able to do it before, I will do it after, but I think I need to be a little bit more deliberate in planning on the before. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think the 24-hour window is totally fine too. I know like we all have such different schedules. Like there's going to be times when we just can't do it at that perfect time, right? So we have mm-hmm. to, just like with Mercury retrograde, we just kind of have to feel it out and see where we're at. But what about you, Jekinovia? What's your kind of, I know you're not a rule follower, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Based on my practices with the Wheel of the Year, and here's my little disclaimer, I don't follow a specific sect, so this is my own experience, my own research. I can't source 
um, research for you. But I mean, I encourage everyone to just collect what works for you and leave the rest behind. Um, but just like the wheel of the year, nothing is rigid. There's no specific times. Everything is a flow. So for me, when it comes to the lunar cycles, I think of it more of a pendulum that's swinging back and forth. So it doesn't, you know, stop completely at that specific time. It'll just continuously move back and forth. So I have, for me, a two to three day window around the new moon where I can do any rituals and workings because it's still really powerful. So I don't stress too much about the times. I love that, a pendulum. That's such a beautiful visual for it. Thank you. Yeah, and I mean, again, like, I think I'm I'm really lucky. I'm grateful for my schedule to be so flexible where I can really do it in, you know, if it's going to be at 3 a.m., I can do it at 10 p.m. the night before or, or whatever. But yeah, I think it's important to be flexible and not to be hard on yourself if you can't do it at the exact moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important too, just because, you know, that works for me. I, I personally have a friend who's very, very detail oriented and to the point where she likes to have the very specific time she will wake up in the middle of the night and have her ritual at 3 a.m. if she needs to, because for her, that's where she feels most powerful when she's following that. So definitely don't take my word as, <laughs> as the one and only rule, but find what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard that before too. And I've, it's not that I've been shocked, but I've just been like, wow, that is dedication. Okay. But I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, if that's what works for you, then that's what works for you, right? It's all about finding the rhythm that flows within you. So I will say before we switch the, to the next question, when there is an eclipse, so the solar eclipse for new moon, I, I do try to be mindful of the timing of the eclipses because mm-hmm. I feel like if I can even just be meditating at that time or sitting with whatever I'm working through or wanting to manifest, I really try to take advantage of that peak eclipse time. Yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, eclipses are just, I feel like that's a whole other episode, right? I mean, they're a whole other ball game. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of I don't know. It's kind of, I've seen people that like this terminology. I've seen people that are really against this terminology, but I like the idea that they are portals, that they are really just opening up something completely different than new or full moons. Right. So I totally respect that idea of wanting to be a little bit more aware of the timing. I think with eclipses too, because they don't come around every month. Right. Really? So I think Jess is right to just want to harness that at its peak because it's only there for that short little window. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good call. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jesse. Well, so let's get further into intention setting. Um, This was really like, as I was discovering astrology and really getting into the cycle of the moon, which, you know, I follow other things. Obviously, we were talking about Mercury retrograde, but I'd say that following the moon is really the most important kind of astrological timing thing that I'm really into. And I think it was really, you know, I'm not exactly sure how to word this, but I, I feel like following the moon cycle is a really easy in for somebody that's interested in things like magic and astrology, because, um, you know, like I was saying before, there's always this chance to do it the next month. You can, you can get really, acquainted and really good at it. That's not really the right way to say it, but you can, um, you can just really start harnessing those energies so quickly because it does happen so often. And I think that it does, 
I mean, at least for me, I've seen really tangible results from working with the moon and getting to know more about it and seeing how it really reflects uh, my own internal rhythms. But in, but intention setting, I mean, I think that this is, you know, consciously the first sort of magical thing that I really took part in, maybe apart from tarot, because I consider tarot to be pretty magical. But yeah, there was something about doing all of these rituals at the different times of the moon that really felt like, oh, wow, like I am powerful and I can do stuff when I really set my mind to it. So um, I don't know. What do you guys think about intention setting? Does that uh, resonate with you, what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Um, I find with the moon, it was one of the very first things I started with as well. Um, because I I think it's we reach for that first because it's something we all have in common. We're already familiar with it. And we have I mean, there's science behind it. It does have an effect on us. It has an effect on, you know, the oceans and plants and even our bodies. It's something that it's accessible. I think that's probably the right term. It's just more accessible. Thank you. (laughs) That's exactly what I was looking for. (laughs) Yeah, and it is. It's such a nice, gentle, like powerful, but very gentle, not non-threatening energy, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's great, especially for beginners. But I think as you move, forward in your path and in your practice, you, you learn more and more how to use it in different ways and in more complex ways. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Jesse? Moon energy is so feminine, right? It's that yes. emotions and all that. And mm-hmm. so I think especially in our very masculine energy world that we live in for those who choose to take time to even just look at the moon. I I find great comfort in, you know, every night if it's clear, just taking a a glance and it's almost like acknowledging, yes, the cycle and where it's at and how it's connected to each of us. And for, for those people who choose, those of us who choose to honor the connection within ourselves, yes, I believe there is just a, a, a piece, that energetic point where um, we feel like we're part of something bigger. I happen to use the iLuna app, maybe you can link it. And I love getting that little notification when it goes into, you know, this the next sign. And I'm not, you know, rigid about, oh, it's, you know, it's now in Pisces or whatever. And <laughs> But it, it's like a check checking in. And so it helps me to just think about the energy of that sign and what does that mean? And and it's almost like uh, you're, we're all part of this cycle. So it's another way to just expand our connection to it. Yeah, absolutely. That app sounds wonderful. I'll definitely have to link to it. I want to check it out. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so... How about we get into how we actually go about setting our intentions? Because I think everybody goes about it a little bit differently. Um, I mean, when I first got started, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to start something and, and feel a certain way. And so I just, I created sort of a mantra, I guess, for my first new moon. Little did I know it was an eclipse. So that sort of, when I reflect back on it, it kind of changes everything in a way. But um, yeah, I I kind of did a tarot spread, I think, for it, but it was, it felt a little separate from what I had already planned on making my intention. 
now that I've gotten a little further into things, I do use the astrology as well. So, you know, like I mentioned at the top of the show, the fact that it's the Pisces new moon, I'm really focused on sort of the creative areas of my life. If it was a Scorpio new moon, because I'm a Scorpio rising, I'm going to focus on sort of my own identity and, um, what I bring into the world, that kind of thing. And then I I definitely use tarot spreads just to kind of see, like, check in with it and go, yeah, am I on the right path? Like, maybe what else do I not know about? What can I bring into it? That kind of thing. Um, And I'm definitely always journaling about the intentions and really writing it down and letting it flow and seeing where that takes me as well. Um, What about you, Jesse? How do you go about setting your intentions? I think about what's been going on in my life and what has been going well, what things do I want to improve on? And I make my list. So my to-do list for the month, what do I want to accomplish? And then I take those points and I journal as if they've happened. I've listened to a lot of podcasters, read a lot of books where it's really saying them out loud writing as if they've already happened and reviewing along, um, throughout the month just for that accountability. In fact, maybe we need to start doing that as a group and holding each other accountable for some of these new moon intentions. That might be interesting to see how um, much improved or what, what comes to fruition by yeah. doing it as a group and supporting each other in that way. But I just feel like there's a lot of power to uh, writing out and talking about these intentions and plans as if they've happened. Yeah, I love shifting it into that perspective. Um, Like you're saying, like it's already happened. It just, it gives you so much more agency over it, you know? Right. Um, And 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 the gratitude piece. Yes, absolutely. Being, Being grateful that they've happened, which is a huge part of that as well. And that sends out such a different energy around it too. It's no longer, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's still good to have hope around these things, but it's no longer in that, um, simply hopeful stage, right? It's, it's moved past that. Yeah. That's really nice. And actually I should tell people that you, is it still on your account, that video that you put out uh, maybe at the it end is. of last year? Because that was really beautiful and it really touches on a lot of what you just said about how, you know, reframing those statements to being, you know, I have or I have done or whatever it may be, but putting it into the present as opposed to saying that it's something that will happen. So um, we will definitely talk about where everybody can find us on the internet at the end of the show. But when we do, definitely go and check out that video, listeners, because it's it's so powerful and it really, like you were just saying, it helps you really shift that perspective. And yeah. Be ready for emotion, though, when you watch that yes. video. Get I'm your just going to say, there were tears. Oh, my goodness. No, tears. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and really quickly, it's about also reviewing these things and acknowledging how far you've come, either yeah. month to month or throughout the quarters or years, cycles of, because there's so much that we do create and we just move right past these accomplishments onto the next thing. And yeah, it's really, it's important for us to take some time to acknowledge where we've been and all the work we've done. Yeah, I agree. So what about you, Jackanovia? How do you go about setting your intentions? It, it changes. It changes from cycle to cycle. I generally find that I set intentions based on, again, the wheel of the year. 
um, in the lifestyle that I live, there's a lot of, you know, gardening and, and livestock and different jobs that need to be done with that harvesting and, and such. So I do find that a lot of my intention setting actually works with that same cycle. Like, you know, I'll, for instance, at Ostara, I will set intentions by planting seeds. I'll write down what I want and I'll wrap the seed in it and I'll plant it. So that'll be one of my rituals. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, I do find that I do a lot of journaling during the winter months. Um, so a lot of what Jess said, amazingly powerful stuff. Um, so, but yeah, that, it, it changes from, from month to month. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's you, the rule breaker, right? Just being so, so flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jess, what did you say? I said, what about you, Jess? Yeah, so, well, kind of as I was mentioning, I do follow what sign the moon is in. So again, going back to the Pisces thing, it's really about what I'm creating and how I want to feel about my creations in the next month or so. Um, But I definitely use tarot as well, and I think that's been really kind of a cornerstone to helping me set these intentions because I just like to be able to check in and um, I guess also it helps me reflect because I I usually pull a couple of cards to see like, okay, what have I done? Let's say since the full moon, what have I done since I also like to look in sort of six month periods. So what did I do? So let's say it's about the Pisces new moon. I'll look and see. So what have I done since the Pisces or since the full moon was in Pisces? right? So kind of the opposite of what it's in now. Um, And just trying to draw things from that and see where I've come, see where I can then reflect that into the future, that kind of thing. Um, And speaking of tarot spreads, I guess, I... I kind of float around with the ones that I like to use. There's one from Biddy Tarot that's kind of just a um, a standard sort of new moon type thing. It doesn't really take into account any of the um, specific astrology of the new moon, but that's a really good one, and it's in her book, um, Everyday Tarot, I think it's called. And then um, sometimes I like to create my own spreads just to kind of bring in what I'm personally feeling in the moment or, again, maybe reflecting the astrology of the moment. And uh, I just want to actually shout out a really good account on Instagram. It's called Interospection. And basically the account is just... um, Uh, this person just brings together all different spreads from people who create spreads on Instagram and they present ones for the new moons, the full moons, uh, for things like Ostera or, um, you know, the solstices, stuff like that. So that's a really good, uh, resource if you want to check that out, if you're looking for spreads. What about you guys? Do you, are there any tarot spreads that you, that you have as a go-to on a new moon or do you kind of create your own? Do you switch it up? What do you think? I do a single tarot card. That's it. Okay. I don't allow myself to go any deeper. I force myself to look into that single card as deeply mm-hmm. as I can because it all is, you know, a very turn inward period. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. Can you, would you mind expanding on that a little bit or is it really just that simple? Like oh, you just want it, to. It's you, honest. <laughs> I, I'm the mantra is my, one of my mantras is just keep it simple. Um, and that is what I will sit with that card. I'll stare at it. I'll sleep with it under my pillow. Sometimes mm-hmm. it'll sit on my desk so I can see it while I'm working. I'll glance at it all the time because I have uh, several different versions of the Rider Waite Smith deck, which okay. is why I'm able to just have one specific card sit out. I don't right. need to put it back. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. 
Yeah, that's I. That is such a unique perspective. I really don't think I've ever heard anybody say that they just pull the one card. You know, that's like a. I'm I mostly hear that around. Let's say like a daily card pull or a card for the week or something like that. But why not just do that on your new moon? That's cool too, yeah. right? Yeah, at the last new moon, my card that I drew was the devil. So I've been working with that for an entire lunar cycle now. Gotcha. So there was a lot of fear facing and a lot of saying yes when I would have said no and a lot of work on, you know, my self-confidence and breaking free of, you know, all those limiting beliefs. So that was my work through the entire lunar cycle. Wow. You know, I think it's it's so easy to get caught up in in nice big spreads and stuff too when I think there is so much that we can gain from just one card especially if we're focusing on it for that month long period, right? And seeing how it comes up yeah. for us maybe through that time. So yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been reading cards for so long and I still learn new things about them. So I highly recommend that. <laughs> I love that. I love that because I don't ever want to stop learning about tarot. So it's really nice to know that somebody who has been reading for so long is in that position. That's yeah, that's really nice. Love them. So how about you, Jesse? Is there any, are there any tarot spreads that you like to go to or? Love Instagram. There are so many inspiring people uh, creating beautiful spreads and I love to get creative and switch it up. So I will look for something new. I've used Biddy's. She always has, or her team has great spreads that they pull out um, for the different parts of the cycle. But I usually love to see what's out there and what kind of speaks to me. Something that, you know, maybe if I'm looking to really dive into a new project, I'll look for something that's really about the awareness for a project or something specific. And other times I might look at the astrology of the card. I just switch it up, but I do involve tarot. And I didn't mention that before. I do like to involve tarot cards, doing the spreads, taking in, uh, and then following up, you know, throughout the cycle, you know, look back and see how things are unfolding based on the, the draws that you get. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we should talk about journaling a little bit more, maybe even at the beginning of another episode, because, you know, for a long time, I would just write in my journal and then never look at it again. And then one day I was like, wait, what's the point? I mean, other than I feel like I do get a lot out of it, just doing it in that day, especially just being somebody that likes to write. I just love to get my thoughts out in the morning and just work through themes and elements of the cards that are coming up. It's a nice little sort of creative, um, prompt for me as well. But then one day I was like, I should really just go back and read these because I bet there's a lot of insight here. I bet I could really tap into a lot of my own patterns and really like figure some shit out here. So yeah, definitely important to keep a journal by your side. Absolutely. Well, so those, that was like my main area of conversation that I wanted to get into. And then now I thought maybe we could just throw out other things that we maybe like to do. You know, um, sometimes I will do some visualization and meditations. Again, I want to shout out Biddy Tarot because she has a couple of really good downloads for uh, both, I think, new moon and full moon meditations, as well as Ezie Spencer, who wrote Lunar Abundance. She, and she has such a like calming, soothing voice. I love to listen to her. They are more like visualizations because in in the new moon one, I think you're actually um, visualizing that you're planting a seed and you're, um, you know, really working in the earth around planting that seed. So those are really nice. Do you guys ever do any of that stuff, Jesse? I love meditations and I do 
feel it is critical to be visualizing and manifesting, saying, you know, calling it into being. And so I do do that. And I, every day I try to make it part of my day. So grateful for going back over what the intentions are, keeping it as a dialogue throughout the whole cycle. So the journal really helps with that, having the meditations as part of that, visualizing it. And one of the things we don't give ourselves enough liberty to do is just dream, right? To Mm. go crazy, like not limit ourselves. I'm just, I mean, what is like the wildest thing you want in your life? Keep it, just keep it as part of your daily thinking patterns and, you know, write about it and draw pictures or cut out magazines. Like really it's about building your dream. And if it's inside of you, it's there for a reason. And it may change and flux as it comes into being, but it's, it's an important part of you. And so dream, just go crazy. Don't limit yourself. We we're too safe. Yes. That is such a great point. And Actually, Ezzy Spencer talks about that a lot in Lunar Abundance. Like one of the, it's sort of, it's sort of a book, but sort of a workbook as well. And when you're learning about the new moon in the book, she says a lot, something along the same lines. Like if you could just have anything or do anything, what would it be? Write it all out. Like don't, don't worry about if it sounds silly. Don't worry about if you right now think that it would never be possible, but just like write it all down. Like there's nothing wrong with putting it out there into the universe, right? So I don't know, just the way you said that was so beautiful too. Just, you know, allow yourself to have that dream and, you know, it's so true about us being so safe and like, what's the point? It's too short. Life is too short to be so safe. Absolutely. And I think that the more we, it does take work, right? To sit with your gratitudes and write out what you want. And, but we are, it's worth it to take a few moments every day to just honor your dreams. Yeah. And I think, I think it can feel maybe silly at first, especially if you're not used to allowing yourself into that space. It's, I don't know, maybe I think at one point we're going to talk about, um, imposter syndrome, but this pops up for me a lot because sometimes I'll write something down and then it's just like, oh, you fool. Like, how could you possibly think that that is ever going to happen? But if you just, I mean, you don't even have to tell anybody about it. You just have to write it down for yourself. And I don't know, just, just allow yourself to be in that space. So, and I feel like just take a step, go on a walk by yourself and speak them out. Mm. verbalize it. There's something about taking that next step and putting sound to it. No one has to hear, speak to the universe, speak to your higher self or, you know, whatever nature all around you, but to say it, it makes it more real. So try that. Yeah, absolutely. See, for me, I mean, I don't know if this is too much information, but I always do this in the shower and I've started to wonder if it's because I'm a water sign. So I just feel really comfortable just saying stuff out loud while I'm just surrounded by water. So that's, that's become my thing. I'll say like my mantras in the shower. I'll say everything that I plan to do in a day, all that kind of stuff. So. So good. Yes. All right. So how about you, Jackanovia? What about visualizations and meditations? How do you feel about all that? Oh, all the time. Um, actually, first, I just want to, I know we're going to have a lot of um, people newer to the spiritual lifestyle, we'll call it, um, listening in. And yeah. I want to urge you to really take Jess's advice because honestly, I know it seems bare basics, 
But that is the most powerful thing you can do is take back control and power over your imagination, your dreams. We forget how to be creative in those ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what backs us into a lot of corners. And a lot of magic is using that, that core energy that just is not afraid to dream and create manifest. So start there. If you, if nothing else, start there. Um, But as far as meditations and things go, I find my personal favorite is walking meditations in the forest. I am a forest dweller. I find my peace there. And like Jess was saying about speaking your intentions, I whisper them to trees. That's, that's how I do it. And she's right. It, it pulls it into the physical realm. It's not just thought anymore. Now it's, it's spoken. It's now manifest. Yeah. So oh, that's that. really, really, really powerful. And uh, I, I love sleep hypnosis podcasts. I am addicted to them. That's what I, when I have to sit still and meditate, that's what I do. And I do it at nighttime. Um, I find they've made such a huge difference. I highly recommend, especially if you're not a person who finds it easy to sit still and just make your brain stop. Mm -hmm. So definitely try that. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I highly recommend that. Yeah, that's cool. Well, if you have any that you really like that you could um, maybe share links with me or something and I can add it to the show notes. Yeah, yeah. there's one called um, Sleep Cove is amazing. He's got some really great ones and he has a really soft, soothing voice. So I'll give you the link to that. Yeah, awesome. Oh, that sounds so cool. Can't wait to check those out. Yeah. All right. Well, another thing that, you know, I've kind of stopped doing this. I don't do it as often. It's mostly just about the space that I have in my house right now. But when I was first getting into following the moon, I was really all about making altars for every new moon. And at first I used to just kind of style it around a new moon itself. So I would put uh, all the aces in the tarot deck and I might put even like the fool or the magician out and, um, maybe like some of the cards that align with the zodiac sign that the moon was in and like seeds, seeds of really any kind I would just add to the altar. And so it was just something small, but I was just, you know, setting up a space to just kind of go and, and sit and, you know, just that's where I would do the journaling. That's where I would set intentions, all that kind of stuff. Now it's something like if I do have the time or the space to do it, I really try and fashion it around whatever I've made my intention for that month to be. So I'll pull out things that are specific to that, but, um, I haven't done it in a couple of months. It's something I really miss and I kind of want to get back into. Have either of you ever done any of that? I feel like Jackanovia, that might be something that is right up your alley. Am I right? Uh, yes and no, actually. Okay. It, it's, it's interesting. I have an outdoor altar. I have my seasonal altar and then I have my working altar where I, I do, of it, it's messy. There's like spell work on it. There's workings everywhere. There's ash everywhere all over it, but it's my <laughs> favorite one because that's the one that I've poured all my energy into. Yeah. And that, so in a sense, that's my new moon and full moon and any kind of ritual like that, because the, the remnants are on there, Right. but it's not specifically dedicated to that, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I think I'm, I mostly meant like I figured you would be into at least the creation of an altar, not necessarily whether it's moon related or whatever, (laughs) but yeah, I figured that was something you were, you were busy with, but. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Awesome. What about you, Jesse? For me, I have two desks in my uh, working space. One is what I call my work desk. So where my computer is and the monitor and I'll have a candle there and my crystals, but my 
other desk that is right next to it is my creative desk. So it's not really an altar, but that's where I keep my sage and I have plants and candles and many books and journals. Everything's kind of stacked up, but that's really where I will sit in that chair to meditate often, write down the gratitudes, have my coffee in the morning. And so really it's kind of, I guess it would, it would be my altar. There's yeah. another spot though. I have my, my grandmother's uh, entry table uh, that was given to me. She's still alive, but it uh, was given to me and it's behind my working desk and I keep things that are meaningful. So while I don't, you know, light candles on it, I have pictures that my kids have drawn and crystals and plants and things, and it just sits behind me. And so it's more of like, I always think of it as kind of that, that protective guard behind me as I'm either doing my work, professional work or creative work. So I love the idea that you would do specific to the new moons though. I've never thought to do that. So I might have to, especially as it's coming into spring or the new season, uh, shift things. And it makes sense though, even just to shift things around a little bit, you know, move the energy, um, clean off every new moon. I, I think I might have to put that into practice. (laughs) Well, it's funny that you are thinking about doing that because as you're talking and, you know, you, you too, uh, Jekinovia, because you guys are both talking about the spaces where you're working or where you're being creative. And then at the same time, I'm like looking behind me towards my desk and yes, it's where my laptop is, but it's also where all my crystals are, where all my tarot decks are, where I keep photos of people that I love, where I put out magician cards from decks that I'm not using. So it really essentially is my altar. It's just kind of a multi-purpose thing, but I just never contextualized it that way because it became so normal to me, but it is a space of, Mm. I mean, I am creating holding power. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That was something I had to learn too. Your altar doesn't have to be gorgeous with these, you know, beautiful herbs hanging and crystals and candles. They can be a mess. I have one that is a mess all the time and it's my most powerful space. So I think we have to let go of a lot of, you know, the Instagram worthy photos. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I post them too, but... Maybe we'll oh, have yeah. to take a picture. We'll have to take a picture of it to our space. That would be fun to add to the, oh, yeah. the show notes. That's a great idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe even use it as one of the pictures for the episode. That's awesome. But it's so true, and I'm I'm so glad that you guys brought that up because you're right, Jekinovia. Like, we get so... I don't know, caught up on making everything sort of perfect. And in a way, it's like we're almost separating from that too. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Like, I think it is fun to create specific altars. And, you know, especially like, I don't know, if it's your birthday or something and you want to create something really special for that event or whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. But then taking back that agency in a way and being like, yeah, I guess my desk really is that space and I have it every day and it's, all that much more special, I guess, in a way too. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we brought that up. Okay. So you guys actually touched on a couple of things that I was going to bring up next. Um, just some random stuff, like 
is there anything else that you guys do specifically during a new moon or that you have done in the past or anything like that, like working with specific crystals? Jesse, you kind of mentioned the idea of cleaning up and organizing and refreshing the energy. I mean, I find that I try to do like a bit of a cleanup around my house on a new moon. I try to like get rid of all the garbage or take out the recycling, stuff like that, just so that I'm starting at a sort of a blank slate, I guess. Um, like, is there anything else like that that you do, Jess? Yes. So I do try to be aware of my surroundings and just clear up any clutter. And I'm always talking to my plants around me. So giving them a little Mm, sage and Palo Santo. I do try to cleanse my space often. Um, I will do the house actually. It's just, I'll make sure everybody's gone. It's something that I do, uh, on my own. I'll have windows open and just, yeah, kind of welcome in the new energy. That's, they say that even just moving your chair in your office or something just over a little bit, just moves up the energy. And I, I feel like there's definitely something to that. And I try to rest or do yoga or something more restorative and reading and just giving myself some quiet time. Beautiful. Yeah. How about you, Jack Novia? Well, on new moons, I generally don't do a lot of um, full-blown cleansing. I save that for the full moon. Okay. Um, But I do do a lot of charging. Like for instance, if I have a certain crystal I want to use to help me manifest something, I will charge it on the new moon. Um, if I'm trying to start a new project, I'll go and I'll actually collect, um, poplar branches. So that it's more of a collecting and, and programming things rather than a release thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's really the only difference. There's a lot of, like Jess said, just, you know, sitting on your own, reading, learning things, you're taking things in, right. That's, that's the new moon. So, Yeah. Very simple. Yeah, very true. I love that you brought up reading, Jesse, because, I mean, I I read every day all the time. I'm obsessed with reading, but I love the idea that that can be just part of the ritual, too, to just take some time to sit in a quiet space and take in some information, whether it's for, I mean, just entertainment or if you're learning something, whatever, yeah. Well, this year, I've tried to be more mindful in everything that I'm doing, and that means, you know, eating without a phone in front of me or just, you know, sitting and talking to someone, making sure that I'm getting through the chapter before getting up to go and do whatever came to mind during that time. And so I think, yes, specifically for New Moon, it's like, I need to just settle, settle in, work on focusing and uh, just taking that time personally. I think we all could do more of that giving ourselves more space to just be within our ourselves. Yeah, for sure. So I actually just wanted to go back to something, um, Jackanovia, that you said about charging a crystal. How do you go about doing that? Like, do you actually put stuff outside under the moon? Do you put it on a windowsill? What's your, what's your go-to for that? Um, <laughs> it depends on my mood, really. Um, um, if, if it's raining outside, I don't generally put my crystals out. Some of them are obviously soluble. You can't do that. Fair um, enough. But I do already collect a lot of rainwater. So if I need it in a ritual, I already have it. So I do find that it's more the full moons that I'll actually put them in a windowsill or put mm. them outside because I find with the new moon, it just infuses everything anyway. It's already there. It's just a matter of directing it. 
gotcha. where to go. So I'll do, I'll, I'll leave things on my altar to charge during a new moon. Um, sometimes okay. I'll, I'll write the intention on a piece of paper and wrap it or fold it in. So it, it depends on the, the situation. Yeah, fair enough. Well, and then actually um, about the rainwater that you're talking about. So you're collecting that all the time, not even just, well, I guess it's not going to rain every new and full moon. Um, <laughs> but I know some people put water out in a jar specifically at certain times during the moon phases. Are you, do you do that as well? Or are you just collecting water all the time? I have different jars. I have one that I will put out on a full moon and I'll bring it back in um, at the next full moon. So it's a, an entire lunar cycle. Ooh. So that's specific spell work. Um, if I'm looking for something to help me, you know, with say a protection spell, it doesn't matter so much when it falls, as long as it's been collected, like as rainwater and just left out to charge with the moon. Right on. In my practice. <laughs> yeah. That's something I just haven't um, taken any time to really dive into yet. And it's mostly because every time I think to do it, it's winter. And then I just feel weird about leaving something outside. I don't know if like the jar is going to crack or if it's just going to snow some more. And then my jar is going to be buried. So I really have but to you remember. Know what? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, but do you know what though? The snow is actually the same thing. The ah, moon has touched it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I just have to take it from a space where my dog hasn't been hanging out, I think. <laughs> good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I I want to be more mindful about that in the warmer months as well, just to, especially for the crystal part too, just to be able to experiment a little bit more with that stuff. But um, what about you, Jesse? Do you do any of that kind of stuff like rainwater or um, moon water, anything like that? I have never done uh, anything like that. I've collected moon water, full moon, and then use it to water my plants. But that's about as oh. far as I've gone. I've never done it at the new moon. So I, I love that idea. And gosh, it sounds like another topic, charging crystals and, and moon water, because um, I don't, I don't really, my crystals kind of sit in my windowsill. And I love that they're, they're there, you know, around, um, the whole month cycle. But yeah, new moon, um, water hasn't been a focus. I need to maybe implement that into my ritual as well. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple of things that we've all said, you know, we're going to give a shot. So we'll have to come back and, and report on how it all went, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Well, so is there anything else? Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you guys um, thought was important to bring up around the new moon or any experiences that you've had with new moons that you wanted to share? Not really for me. Um, just again, for, for the people that are new and, you know, maybe haven't had any kind of a new moon practice or they're, they're thinking about how to start it, just understand that there's no wrong way. Just because yeah. we've made suggestions doesn't mean you have to take them and it doesn't mean that that you can't add something to it or just take it for what it is. And please just honor yourself and what's true and what feels right to you because that is what's right. That is the right practice. Yeah, and I agree with that, Jekinovia. And really, it's just giving yourself that moment in that in that cycle to get clear about your dreams and kind of what you want. And that's why apps or reminders of if you don't follow the cycles, but just set something in your calendar so that you can take that time to, you know, whatever that means for you, journaling, uh, if it's tarot or just thinking about what you want to create over the next cycle, but everyone deserves that time and intention. And I think it'd be, 
I'd be surprised if something didn't come of it, you know, especially if you commit to doing it for a few cycles. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so true. I mean, I think the most important thing, at least for me, is just above all of this stuff, like there's a lot of fun stuff that you can get into with a new moon, a lot of different rituals that you can take part in. But like Jesse's saying, just really um, giving yourself that space to dream, giving yourself that space to rest and think about what you want to come to fruition for yourself. I mean, that's just kind of making your own magic, right? And like Jackanovia is saying, it's like, nothing there's no rules really which is you know the fun part about it I mean really the only rule is that the new moon comes at a certain time every month that's the only thing right you just have to kind of tap into it around that time of that month but I mean all of the topics that I brought up I tried to um, just make it pretty broad and bring in a lot of ideas but none of them are right none of them are wrong it's really all about what you're feeling and and what and you know what this new moon that comes tomorrow could be completely different from the new moon that you had last month or the new moon that you'll have in six months like it's always going to change so agreed absolutely yeah well I guess that's all for now I did want to let everybody know that I'm going to be creating a Pisces new moon spread just for our listeners. So there will be a link in the show notes and you'll just have to use the password Pisces to access it. I wanted to give you guys just a little gifty to say thank you for listening to the sort of first real in-depth episode of the Tarot Coven cast. So again, it'll be in the show notes. You can find it there. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait to post my cards. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, so we will be back at the beginning of March. The first Monday in March is when our next episode will be out. So until then, Jackanovia, where can everybody find you on the internets? I am on Instagram at Tarot and Time, and that's where I stay most of the time on the internet. Fair enough, yeah. And through <laughs> through your Instagram, people can sign up for your newsletter, right? Like there's a link in yes. your bio there? Perfect. Yes. And what about you, Jesse? I'm at Tarot Tarot, all one word with one T in the middle. Perfect. On Instagram, right? Yes, on Instagram. Okay. And you can find me at the.written.witch. And that's really the only place I'm hanging out on the internet as well. And you can find my newsletter through the link in my bio there. So like I said, we will be back at the beginning of March. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tarot Coven cast. Stay tuned for our next episode all about the sticky, spiky cards of the tarot deck. And until then, everyone, keep making magic.